Yo, what's going on guys? Today we're going to be talking about some of the biggest NBA Finals MVP snubs over the history of the NBA. Uh, I'm joined by my friend from Clutch Talk, the one and only John. Uh, how's it going, my man? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. I just uh, post-surgery. I just got a surgery yesterday, but you know what I'm saying? I'm feeling good, ready to bounce back, just like some of these great players who should have won some of this MVP, uh, the Finals MVP, man. Yeah, that's awesome to hear that uh, you're doing good and everything. Um, and yeah, so basically what we have here today is, you know, we got our top five lists for the biggest finals MVP snubs. I'm sure we'll have some of the same, but of course we're going to have some differences because it's different lists. And then I believe we both have an honorable mention as well. So I was thinking we could work backwards, start with the honorable mention, work our way from five to one. We'll probably have some debates here and there as we go on too. Uh, but that's what makes it fun. Um, but we could start with, you know, our honorable mentions. Um, if you want to kick us off wait, what, what finals MVP year, uh, was your honorable mention? And did you have like a person that you think should have won it over? That's it. Look, man, look, man, honestly, it's going to sound like a joke and I know it's honorable mention, but, Andrew Wiggins, this last year, this last year, man, Andrew Wiggins was huge, uh, was huge to the Warriors and was a big part of what they did, what they did. And in my opinion, I'm not saying Andrew Wiggins was as important as Stephen Curry was. Stephen Curry came up big. He showed that he was the best player on the court and went out there and dominated. I'm not taking that away from him. That, that, that earned him the MVP. But I don't think the Warriors get to that spot if, without Andrew Wiggins' consistent play throughout the entire playoffs. I, I not not I don't think I know the Warriors don't get there without his consistent production off the bench, playing different roles, playing defense. So I'm not saying he was the most important player on that court because I know that I was Stephen Curry, but Andrew Wiggins deserves a huge nod that way. So I'm not saying it's a top five, but it's up there though. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that's pretty fair. Um, I mean, he probably was at least well, he probably was their second best player, I think, in their fi- in the final series too, um, considering like what he was doing on both ends of the floor um, and kind of like re- was rewriting his narrative that, you know, he could never be a winning player and that he was kind of just like uh, like a scoring ball hog and that was inefficient and stuff like that, could never be conducive to winning. And then here he was uh, right here. Um, I think, honestly, we're kind of in the same boat here with our honorable mention and like how much – we credit them honestly like going through this list it was hard to find like five people that i'm like okay this person actually deserved the finals mvp not the Mm -hmm. person who won it um and i don't even know if i'd say that for this honorable mention but i think considering the fact that it is a rare case it's probably the rarest case of finals mvps and that's because it was the first one and it was 1969 with jerry west over john havlicek and the main reasons why is because, like, you know, the Lakers lost that series. It's the only time someone's gotten it on the losing team. And, I mean, while I do think Jerry West was insane, and I'm not saying that he didn't deserve his finals MVP, I think you got to give credit to John Havlicek, the guy who was the best player on the winning team, and pretty much the only time where that's happened and he didn't win finals MVP. Like, he averaged, like, 28-11-4. and four. And he was incredibly efficient too. And he, I think he had a, like a forty-three point game. He had two games where he led the whole series, um, or led the game of the series. There were seven. It was a seven-game series, and he was the leading scorer for two of them. So I, I don't know. I think that deserves some credit right there. And 
looking back in hindsight, I'm sure he's probably like, man, I probably deserve that one just because of like the nature of where the award stands. He did get one later on, but I mean, he could have two to his name and he's an eight time champion anyways. Like that could change his legacy too. Absolutely, man. Now that's, that, that, that's definitely one of those, one of those huge robberies, man, of all time. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, at the heart of hearts, we know, you know, we know who actually won that MVP and Jerry West. I feel like there, there's a reason why uh, the NBA has never gave it then to a team that, that lost. Uh, but I mean, Jerry West, Jerry West went ahead and stole him one, but that actually Garrett, I don't know if you want, if you're ready to jump straight into five, but that actually transitions perfectly into my number five and, 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 and Garrett, I mean, you know me, you know, we've been friends for some time now, so you know who my guy is, LeBron, LeGoat, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not too much to talk about, man, but Garrett, so this, I, I, I put this at number five and honestly a perfect transition for that one that you just talked about um, only because it was a loss. It was a loss. It, it uh, number five, I have the 2018 NBA finals uh, with LeBron, the Cavs and the Warriors. And I understand the Cavs got swept. I totally get it. And look, man, I'm not saying like LeBron should have got all the votes and this and that, because I'm a big, I'm a big believer in like, you got to win to be the MVP. Like I wasn't feeling it that year that Westbrook got MVP and was like the seventh seed. Like I, I personally yeah. wasn't feeling that you have to win to be the MVP. That's that, that that's what comes with being valuable. And, and, and I get it. LeBron got swept, but Man, the, the, his performance that year was insane. That game one, that 51 points that got ruined by JR throughout the series, averaged 34 points, 10 assists, eight rebounds on 52% from the field and 34% from three. And mind you, like Ke- LeBron was alone. Kevin Durant had Stephen Curry, who was averaging only tw- uh, 27 points to KD's 28. LeBron had Kevin Love, who was averaging 29 to LeBron's 34 points. So, I mean, sorry, not 29, 19. Kevin Love was averaging 19 to LeBron's 34. So, I mean, honestly, man, like, I I, I, I understand you lost. So, at the, at the end of the day, at the heart of hearts, we can't give it to him. But if we're talking about performance, if we're talking about just straight up who deserves it, it's got to be. It's, it, it's it, In my opinion, it's got to be that guy off, uh, off performance. And, I mean, he had Matthew Delavadova out here out there playing 41 minutes, trying to guard Stephen Curry. Come on, man. Yeah. And I mean, KD got it that year. And and in my opinion, I don't know if you got that one on yours, but deservingly so. Deservingly so, KD got it that year. But 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 that's my number five. Well, I will spoil. I do not have that on uh, my list. Um, I'm kind of surprised that you said that year, but I mean, we'll we'll see what what the rest of your list entails because I I feel like. I might think of another year where you might be uh, referring to something that has LeBron involved in it, um, or at least he was in the finals for that year. So I, I, th- I think, I, at least I think so. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he was definitely like, I think in terms of like just stat wise, like the first year that the KD Warriors were together, uh, I think like statistically in the finals, like actually like Durant was more impactful. But then that 2018 year, like LeBron was the best player in the series. If you just go like, you know, stats for stats. Um, of course, as you said, like winning does factor in it a lot. And maybe if it went like seven games, then I could see it maybe being an instance where it's like, okay, like maybe we should give it to LeBron because he went seven games with them. 
I think like the sweep is kind of what did is it what does it. I, yeah. yeah. Um, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, losing is tough to be an MVP and lose. Mm-hmm. Um, my number five though, actually, and I promise I got I got some. Uh, I promise I'll have some newer ones uh, coming up here. This one's also a little bit older. Uh, it is 1981 when Cedric Maxwell won it instead of Larry Bird. I and, got that one. That's my number four right there. Uh, uh, well, great. Then this will be a good transition. Um, I mean, it's not to say like Cedric Maxwell was bad in the series. I mean, he was like the leading scorer, but I just feel like, you know, people look at those two bird games where he dropped like eight points in each of them. I mean, three, four game, games, three and four, they ended up splitting. I mean, one of those games too, like Larry Bird had a double, double another game. He almost had like a five by five in, in the other game too. So I'm like, that's already impressive. And I think like the guy was averaging, I think like 15 rebounds a game in the series as well. He was their best playmaker. Like, I, I don't know. He was kind of doing a little bit of everything. He was playing great defense as well. And you look at Cedric Maxwell, like it's a little different. Cause he also did have two games where he was kind of a non-factor games one and two. And just like games three and four, they split those. So you can kind of look at it how you want. I just feel like in those games, Larry Bird was doing more than just like, okay, like he's not scoring that well, but what else was he doing? He was rebounding at a high level. He was playing great defense. He was, you know, getting everyone involved on his team. I mean, when Cornbread Maxwell was not, like he wasn't quite doing that much. So I don't know. I feel like Larry Bird kind of got snubbed in it. I feel like part of it is just because like what you'd expect out of Larry Bird. It's like, dude, he's Larry Bird. Like he's one of the best players in the league. Like he should be doing like he breaching these standards. Meanwhile, for like Cedric Maxwell, it's like he's doing this in the finals for a player of his caliber, you know, and and then it kind of becomes like, I don't know, it kind of becomes like biased because like Cedric Maxwell exceeded his expectations. Larry Bird didn't meet his. But at the end of the day, like who was the most important player? And I still probably would say it would be Larry Bird, even considering that. And, and 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 I'd be right there with you. I mean, I mean, like I like I gave a little spoiler that yeah, that was my number four. But yeah, I'm 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 right there with you, Garrett. And to be real with you, while I was writing this out, and I have another one that I'm going to refer to later on in the um in the list. Um, I don't think at this time the NBA and the fans and the people out there really appreciated all the round players yet. Because Larry Bird was all around player. Because like how you mentioned, yes, yes, uh, Cedric Maxwell um, led that led the Celtics in scoring, but Larry Bird led the Celtics in rebounding, assists, free throw percentage, steals, and field goal percentage. Uh, so, uh, like, and and even throughout that series, even throughout that series, Larry Bird averaged fifteen points, 15, 15 rebounds, and seven assists. Two steals to, uh, to 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 Maxwell's seventeen points, nine rebounds, two assists, one block. So I, I definitely agree. Um, Larry Bird was just such a such an all around presence. But I still think that that that, that was the time. Uh, and again, I'm gonna get to that later. But that was a time in the NBA where the NBA didn't really appreciate all these all around players yet. They didn't appreciate these guys who were um, scoring, but also getting the team facilitated. Uh, pushing the pace, gra- gra- grabbing the rebound off the glass, and that's what Larry was doing. He was just too, 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 uh, too early for his time. It's kind of a shame too, because I think that that series before the finals, I believe it's when they played the Sixers, and they were up like three-one, uh, led by like Dr. J and stuff. And then I think Larry Bird had like an insane three-game stretch that led them to the finals, overcame a three-one lead, and then 
I don't know, people kind of just like don't really talk about that finals for him. Like they kind of want to like hold it against him, which is 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 kind of weird. Um, but my number four is, and this actually goes perfectly with one of my recent videos, is the 1976 uh, NBA Finals with the Suns and the Celtics. And the winner of the Finals MVP that year was JoJo White. Now, I think it probably should have went to um, Dave Cowens. And even though I said in that video that I think Alvin Adams, kind of like something where you were talking about with the LeBron one in 2018, like LeBron was probably the best player in the series. Like that's kind of how I felt with Alvin Adams in this series. However, I think like for the Celtics, who were the winning team, I think Dave Cowens was playing like just about as close up to par as Alvin Adams as you could ask for. And I think like the one thing that does it in is that like JoJo White, he was the best player in that game five, which it was that triple overtime game where like John Havlicek and Gar heard like exchanged shots near the end. And it's like the shot heard around the world, like that, that kind of game. And Jojo white was kind of like the best player in the game for that game. But other than that, like, I mean, Dave Cowens was extremely consistent all throughout. I believe the first game, like he almost had like a quadruple double or something like that, which is insane. But I don't know. I think that personally, like that probably skewed the votes a little bit, but yeah. So I, I, I got to give it to uh, Dave Cowens over Jojo white for my number four spot uh, on my finals MVP list. Man, my, my boy Garrett always coming with the, with the classic players, man, the OG <laughs> players, but I have, I haven't heard of my boy Jojo white in some time, man, but no, absolutely. And, and that game that, that, that you're talking about for, uh, you know, for, for all the family, everybody out there listening, Make sure go look up JoJo White, Suns or Celtics series. You're gonna see that that <laughs> that the shot he's talking about, shot the shot heard around the world. Man, go check that out. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, so now we got I believe we're both on number three, right? So yeah, number three. You wanna you wanna start off with yeah. number three? Let me let me kick this one off, man. Uh, Gary, you're going a little a little uh, old old school. Oh, My I, got, I got some newer ones coming. I got newer you, ones. You got coming. some newer ones yeah. coming, okay. See, so because because I agree, there's a there's a lot more old school ones than than, than there is new school ones. Because I like I like how you said at the top of the pile. Like I agree that sometimes it's just like it was given to the right person. Like he should have been the MVP, right? But this time it was not. And this is a 2008 finals. This is the Celtics versus the Lakers. Uh, Paul Pierce he originally got it, but who I think deserved it was actually Kevin Garnett, man. So look, that year. Um, that before Kevin Kevin Garnett got there in that OA year, the Celtics were 24 and 58. But Kevin Garnett's defensive mentality, his leadership, his ability to stretch the floor with that with that knockdown mid range that, that that he had, his defense that in, that immediately impacted the Celtics. And that next year, they started 18 and two and ended the season 66 and 16. That is a 42 game turnaround. That's- all because the Kevin, biggest ever, too. The biggest turnaround exactly. the season. The, that's the biggest turnaround, and that is because of and that is because of a player like Kevin Garnett. I'm not saying he was the only piece that went there. I know that team had a lot of 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 um, of, of moving pieces that year, but he definitely was the leader. And when you think of that team, you don't think of like, wow, that team was a scoring machine, right? Like when you think of OKC with James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, you're like, wow, that team could score any team out the building, but. <laughs> That 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 Celtics team, not at all. You thought of that team for some defense and 
That also was the year Kevin Garnett won the Defensive Player of the Year. That also was the year Kevin Garnett led the league in rebounding throughout the entire playoffs. So, I, I mean, for it to be given to Paul, Paul Pierce, in my opinion, was just an absolute joke. I think it was more given on that on on the narrative and on that whole like he went to the toilet or went to the bathroom wherever he went wherever he came out said he needed to go poop and then he's like no I didn't I don't know what he's talking about but y'all know what I'm talking about man where where, where he gets stretched off on the wheelchair and then he comes back and all that I think it was more on that and I know he went crazy and scored but I don't think that I don't think that 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 team gets it done without. Kevin Garnett and his defensive presence slowing down Paul Gasol, slowing down Lamar Lamar Odom being able to stay with him on the outside. Yeah, Kevin Garnett should have definitely got it that year, man. Even as a Lakers fan, <laughs> as a Lakers fan, I know that. Yeah, and I, I'm sure that's even hard for you to say. Um, exactly. I mean, I think yeah, I think that was the year. If I'm not wrong, I think KG was like top three in MVP. I think that was the year Kobe won it, and I think Chris mm-hmm. Paul was the runner up, and then it was KG. Um, yeah, and. Honestly, that finals is a little bit weird because, like, you know, KG probably has the biggest defensive impact on that team for sure. And I think he was definitely, like, for the season, the best player on the team. I don't know necessarily about the finals. I actually thought you were going to go a different route and say Ray Allen deserved it because in those finals particularly, like, he was kind of the most efficient player. Uh, I think he was close to scoring just as much as Pierce. Um I didn't put that on my list. I guess that's a spoiler. I didn't put that one on my list simply because I think in the games they won, I would say that Pierce was the best player in those games in particular. Um, and he played pretty well throughout. But I, I don't know. I, I, that is a close one, too. I was I was tempted to put that year. I was thinking about it. Um, but, yeah, the, honestly, the whole big three, like you could kind of make an argument for all of them. Uh, but, I mean, the same thing I'm, I was saying there, though, for Paul Pierce where, you know, he was kind of the best player in – the games they won primarily that's kind of a route and kind of one argument I'm going to make this for this number three one and I promise it, it is a newer one um so it's not too old it is a little older than that but not too much older and it's 2005 it is when Tim Duncan won it over Manu Ginobili Garrett I was about to put that one Garrett I was <laughs> I swear I was I was flopping right back and forth between that one and the and the and the LeBron one at number five but you know LeBron my guy I had to give it to <laughs> yeah I think honestly though like the keys to success in that series I mean both the Spurs and the Pistons were known as like defensive juggernauts I think neither team averaged more than 87 points per game in a series which you think about that like in the landscape now like if teams for and that went seven games too. That wasn't like some four game like series. Like it goes seven games and both teams average below eighty seven points per game. I think the offense, like at that point, it becomes way more special, way more critical. And you had Ginobili, who was shooting he was their second leading scorer, averaged almost as much as Duncan. He was their best playmaker by far. He shot like sixty four percent true shooting which is insane. I mean, both the other parts of the big three, Duncan and Parker only shot like 47% true shooting. So, I mean, that's a huge leap right there. And then you look at the defensive end. I know Tim Duncan does a lot on the inside, although Ben Wallace was still very impactful that series too. But Rip Hamilton, who was the leading scorer for this Pistons team throughout the whole year, throughout the playoffs, like he struggled big time in this series. And Ginobili was defending him too. So... I don't know. And then you look at also like the clutch time, the fourth quarters, Ginobili was the best player. He was the best player in all four of the wins. Um, Maybe you could argue, I think game 
five it was. Like, you could argue him and Duncan were both great. But in the other three wins, like, he was by far the best player. So, I personally think... And you also got Greg Popovich and R.C. Buford, who have both been on record saying that whether Ginobili should have won the MVP or it should have been at least a co-MVP. I mean, that's literally their own coach and, you know, executives saying this about their own guy, like Tim Duncan, a top 10 player ever, probably. So, I don't know. I think that Ginobili deserved that one. Tim Duncan was great, but I think that year in particular, Ginobili deserved it. See, Garrett, I really wanted to go with that one. I was flip-flopping between that one and the, and the LeBron one, but ultimately LeBron and, and, and ended up getting it. And the thing is, and another reason why I went that way is because I just I, I, I just look at – Tim Duncan and and his game, and I I just know that, that that the Spurs wouldn't have been able to do what they was doing if he wasn't there. And I understand, of course, same with Mono Ginobili, but Tim Duncan was the guy. Like that was the time where he was starting to be at the top, tippity top of his game, uh, hitting shots off the glass all day, fading away, no problem. <laughs> I, I I eventually gave it to my boy Timmy, and he was averaging a, a little bit, a little more points, man, but. But that, but that year was close, though. I'm not gonna lie; it could have, it, it, it could have went any way that year. Actually, I think like the finals MVP voting, I think it was separated by like one vote too. So like, yeah, that's how close it was. Like, I don't even know if there's ever been another time like that. But yeah, man, man. All right, all right. So then, so, so, so then, look. Let's keep it pushing, my boy, and let's get to number two. My number two, I know, I, I know you're going a little bit more new school. I'm gonna throw it back. I'm gonna go more old school. And I had to put this at number two because this has got to be the craziest one I've ever seen. Garrett, this is 1978, the Bullets versus the Supersonics. Uh, Wes Unsell got it. Uh, father of Wes Unsell Jr., Wizards coach, shout out the Wizards. But uh, Elvin Hayes got robbed. <laughs> the E train man got robbed of this one. Uh, and what's crazy is is, uh, is West Unsell was averaging nine points, eleven rebounds, and three assists throughout that series. That's the lowest points average to ever win a Finals MVP. So I, I'm, not only is that right there a crazy reason, um, but I mean the only reason why this ultimately ended up happening was because in that game seven, uh, in that game seven against Supersonics, the uh, Elvin Hayes only had twelve points and eight rebounds. Ended up fouling out. While while Wes Unsell was big, stepped up big, and 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 had a had a fifteen point nine rebound game, but ultimately they say the same thing like I mentioned with Tim with Tim Duncan, the Bullets wouldn't have got there if it wasn't for my boy Big E, and for I mean games two, three, and six I believe, uh, Wes Wes Unsell scored eight, eight eight points or less, while Evan Evan was the one that really carried the team, man. So. I think that 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 um, that was a lot more of a pr- prisoner of the moment, you know. After that game seven, people just wanted to just to give it to the best player who got it done, uh, and I get it that Elvin Hayes fouled out that game seven. But I mean, to disregard every other game came, coming up to it, and who's the leading scorer? Like I'm pretty sure West something was like the sixth or seventh average score on that team uh, compared to Elvis, who led the team in multiple categories. So. That was a huge robbery. I don't like to go too old school, but that one, nine points? You going to give it to my guy? Nine points? Come on, man. Nah, I, I, like, I like that you said that one. Um, but my number two is, and I know on the last one I was like, you know, Ginobili deserved it over Duncan in 05. So if there's any Tim Duncan fans watching this, I think they're going to ease up on me now. 
because the next one I'm going with is 2007. And actually, this is when Tony Parker won it. And I really think Tim Duncan should have won this one. Um, I mean, you look at what it's all considered. I mean, much like 2015, where I think the key to success in this series for this Cavs team, it was going to be all about, you know, the offensive threats. And where does that all start? It all starts really with LeBron. So basically, if you're going to be able to contain LeBron in this series, make him struggle a little bit offensively, then I think you're going to do a pretty good job. And LeBron in this series, I think it was his lowest uh, field goal percentage uh, for a playoff series in his career. And what they were doing is kind of like keeping him out of the paint, daring him to shoot, which at that point, I mean, he's developed into a better three-point shooter today than he was back then. I mean, it was it was a little bit like, not I don't think it was quite that bad, but a little bit like what you saw like with Giannis like a few years ago. Um, and now like he's kind of developing a three-point shot a little bit better. But they were daring LeBron to shoot more jump shots at that time. And a big reason why he was shooting some more jump shots, wasn't shooting that efficient, is because of the presence of Tim Duncan inside. Um, and I think down the stretch of these games, like like I said in the last one, like how Ginobili in the fourth quarters was playing a little bit better than Tim Duncan in 05. Well, in this one, Tim Duncan was really the best player in the fourth quarters instead of Tony Parker. So, And all these games were close, too. I think like the last game was decided by like one point. I think the biggest differential was like 11 points. Like even though it was a sweep, it was a lot closer than like what a sweep would say. So I think that they needed just about every part defensively that Tim Duncan provided offensively. He was still doing his thing. I, I would give him the nod for this one. Timmy D, Timmy D definitely deserved that one. I'm right there. I, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. But although I, I, I will say this, man, I'm happy that Tony Parker got that because Tony Parker, man, he slept on. He's like, don't, like, don't get me wrong. I hear like great, terrible things about the guy, but, but I will say this though, like the guy personally off the court, as a ball player, as as an NBA star, NBA legend, he has done incredible things and. I've I, I've been noted on the record saying this a lot on my podcast, man. Ten, uh, Tony Parker got snubbed off that top seventy-five list. Mm-hmm. If you he look said, at all his accolades, on my show when I had you on, uh, I think episode hey, two this past season. Exactly, man. Look at his accolades. Tony Parker got snubbed out of that top seventy-five list. So I'm glad when I see my guy Tony Parker winning and something like this. Um, very, very. Very slept on player because of that Spurs team and because of the, it was such a team oriented thing. But he was the engine of that. He made that team go. For sure, man. Um, and now we're at our number one spot. Uh, the biggest finals MVP snub. I probably have an idea which direction you're going to go, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what you say. Uh, what, what do you have as your biggest snub? My guy for the biggest snub, I got the 1988 NBA Finals, Lakers versus the Pistons. James Worthy got it over Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson got robbed. Now, let me tell you why, man. Yes, I get it. James Worthy averaged 22 points to to Magic Johnson's 21, but Magic Johnson led his team in assists with 14 assists. So that's 21 points, 14 assists compared to James Worthy, uh, four, four assists. Magic Johnson led his team in steals, free throw percentage, field goal percentage, win shares, and was second to, to Brian to Brian Scott in three point percentage. And again, remember when I said with the Larry Bird one, this is before the league really appreciated all around players because Magic is Magic Bird and 
honestly, I'm not even saying this. I'm a LeBron fan, but Bron are like the epitome of these all around players who can just really do a little bit of everything out there for you. And that's what, and, 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 and that's what Magic Johnson was doing. And honestly, I'm, I know I'm talking about the 1988, but I just kind of want to, you know, smash in the 1980 because I, I seen that that was a lot. That was another controversial mm-hmm. one that a lot of people said, uh, a lot of people said that Kareem got robbed and Magic should have got it. But I want to give my two cents. Like I understand that Kareem was, had a way better averages and was carrying the team to there. But for Magic Johnson, a rookie, to step up in a game seven and as the center, as the new position, and have a career night, career high, I think that is absolutely absurd. And I think I think he deserves that, that, that 1980. But for that 1988 one, uh, I, I also think that he got robbed. Um, I, I also think that that – he um he, he should have got that one. I know he got the eighty. I think he, he should have got that one. Um, back then, back in the day, players they they just appreciated the scores more. They didn't appreciate the players that were doing it all. Magic was another player like Bird, really ahead of his time. Yeah, I think for both those, like it it was definitely the last game bias that played into it because I mean for Magic, like he had that insane game where he had to fill in for Kareem at center. And that was the closeout that ultimately clinched the title and he got the award. And then for 1988, like James Worthy dropped, I believe it still is the highest scoring uh, triple double in the NBA finals or at the very least a game seven in the NBA finals. Sounds like an ESPN stat, but I mean, like he basically like the most, the biggest pressure moment in the whole entire season. And he showed up probably bigger than anyone else has statistically in NBA history. And I think that played a big role in it too. But I was thinking about both of those as well on my list. Um, I was a little surprised. Uh, I'll, I'll say why I'm surprised in a bit though. Um, but my number one, you said it for your number two, uh, I believe. And it was 1978 with Wes Unseld over Elvin Hayes. And I've looked into this one. I actually did a video on it a few years back um, about why it was like the most confusing finals MVP because literally on the at the end of the game like right when the bullets were named champions they announced on um I believe it was CBS they announced Bob Dandridge was finals MVP on the on air on TV and they showed it on the screen and everything they talked to him after and I was like wait what because like I looked it up and it's like Wes Unsell's the finals MVP but he's still credited the finals MVP but then like Elvin Hayes probably had you know the best all-around series so i would i would say elvin hayes probably deserved it um over was unselled um like you said was unselled offensively he's not really gonna impact in that kind of way um it's a little bit like bill russell where most of his impact comes defensively um through rebounding he's a good passing big man but i think like the thing for me too is that like you know some of those things that was unselled does well i mean you look at game seven for example I know you said like Wes Unseld even stepped up more than Elvin Hayes that game and Elvin Hayes fouled out, but you also look at Wes Unseld and who he was guarding, Marvin Webster. I mean, he almost dropped like a 30 and 20 game in the, in the game seven. Right. So I don't know. Like, I feel like the fact that, okay, defensively, he's not outplaying his matchup. He's not out rebounding his matchup. He's not outscoring his matchup, albeit he's outscoring his average for the series. Uh, I think like six players on the team outscored him. So I don't know. It's really confusing, especially because literally the broadcaster said it was Bob Dandridge that was the finals MVP, who 
you could maybe even make an argument that he do, he was more uh, worthy than Wes Unseld too. But I think overall, like m- the number one guy, if I had to look at one guy and I'm saying they deserve it, I would probably say Elvin Hayes, uh, just like you. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely right. That honestly, Gary, I was this close to putting that first because that was a ridiculous robbery. That might be the number one of, of of all time, to be honest with you. Yeah, man. Um, but I mean. Obviously, like you guys can comment down below and basically tell us who do you think is the biggest finals MVP snub. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people surprised we didn't mention 2015. I was kind of surprised so what, that you didn't that, mention it because, so, I, yeah. Oh, wait, go ahead. Sorry. Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So so that, 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 that that's what I wanted to talk about with you. That's what I was about to mention. I was about to say, tell me your thoughts on 2015 and 2018 because that's a, that's a lot like – you know, our boy Jay Hill and, and anybody else, anybody as a Warriors fan probably think that Curry should have got both of those. So talk to me about how you feel first about 15 and then about 18. Well, first of all, I will say that if there is Steph Curry fans that are going to get upset, you can at least feel a little bit more uh, at ease now that he has a finals MVP in 2022. Um, Man. But, but I will say, though, for I'll start with 2018. I personally do think that Kevin Durant deserved that one. Um, I get it. Steph played great for the first two games and the fourth game as well. But, I mean, Kevin Durant also played good throughout. Like, every single game he was great. And that game three was huge because, I mean, that was the first game on the road. I mean, ultimately, like, I always think, like, a series doesn't start until a road team wins a game. And that was the first road win. You look at the whole big three for the Warriors, their core was all struggling that game. And it was basically Kevin Durant put the team on his back. I know in the long run, like, that's not been the case. Like, they were just such a dominant team that everyone played their role and stuff like that. But in that game in particular, like, Kevin Durant put the team on his back. And it put them up 3-0. I'm sure it was a big, like, conf- confident. It probably derailed the confidence for the Cleveland Cavaliers at that point. Because it's like, oh, we're down 3-0. How many teams have come back down 3-0? Oh, <laughs> zero, zero. Um, so they probably thought they were done and they kind of played like they were done in game four um, of that game. But, and then for 2015, like personally for me, I thought, you know, when Kevin Love was out and when Kyrie Irving went down, I thought that the only reason or the only way they were going to be able to win that series was, was obviously because it, it was going to be because of LeBron, right? Like it wasn't going to be because of Della Vadova or, Timothy Mozgov, like uh, with all due respect to them, it was not going to be because of that. And even after three games, the Cavs were up two one in that series, and they re- they took over home court advantage, could have went up three one, but the main adjustment was putting Iguodala in the starting lineup. And then, yes, I get it. Like people still look at the stats and they're like, he held LeBron to thirty six and thirteen and nine or whatever whatever he averaged. But I think you also got to look at the efficiency as well. Because if he's taking so many shots at that point, so many harder shots with Iguodala on him, then it's kind of taking away the team's opportunities. I mean, you can't blame LeBron in that instance. He didn't have much reliable help around him. But that was going to be the way that they won the series and putting Iguodala on him. I think he was also huge in the fourth quarters for that series as well. I mean, granted, so was Curry. But he wasn't going to be stopping LeBron on the other end as well. So, personally, I think that both of those finals MVPs were warranted. I think they were right. Um, You do make a good point with LeBron being the best player in 2018. 
maybe you could argue in 2015 as well, simply because, you know, he didn't really have much help around him. And the fact he won two games that series is insane. But I mean, I like the stick traditional, the winning team, the best player on the winning team, or the most important player on the winning team, I should say. It is the most valuable player after all. And I think in those two years, I think I think they were right. But people in the comments yeah, can disagree with me. But uh, what do you think about those? Yeah, I'm 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 right there with you, my boy. I think that the, the, those two years were correct. Uh, 2018 going to KD and uh, like I, like we said, yes, Curry was big, but Kevin Durant throughout that series led the Warriors in points, rebounds, assists, blocks field goal percentage. So like he definitely was the the, the, the guy getting it done uh that game and even Draymond Green has said it he he's, he's came out on a podcast and said that what KD was to the Warriors were at that point they didn't have somebody that could just go get a bucket at any time. Just like hey nothing's worked go get us a bucket. KD can do that. Curry wasn't that yet. Curry is that now, but he wasn't that yet back then. And even Draymond Green knew it. He said Curry was building up to become that, but Kevin Durant was already that. So, I mean, that 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 one pretty clearly in my mind goes to Kevin Durant. And then the 2015 one also pretty clear, in my opinion, in my, my mind as well, pretty clearly goes to Iggy because, I mean, if Iggy doesn't do what he do, I mean, maybe LeBron turns around and wins this series on his own, to be honest. I mean, shoot, I don't doubt the guy. I don't put anything past the goat like that, uh, <laughs> but 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 seriously though, like I you said, Iggy did a great job, you know, frustrating LeBron and making him see hard shots. And LeBron didn't really have any other options of where to go, so Iggy really just kind of gave him no way out, kind of like trapped uh, trapped the cat in the corner, man. And LeBron had nowhere to go and try to claw and fight. And honestly, I agree with you about LeBron could have got could have got it that 2015 year as well. But um, the only reason why I went 2018 over 15 is because I just think he played a little better. And, um, and, and I mean, sh- shoot, man. That, that 2018 LeBron, was that, that, that was when he had a sleeve. That was exciting. Yeah. That was when LeBron was getting mad and ripping his sleeves off and stuff. And <laughs> um, that was some good times. It should also be noted that, like, for the 2015 Finals MVP, the voting, so there's 11 – I, b- I believe there's 11 media panelists that vote and seven of the votes went to Iggy and four of them went to LeBron. So Curry didn't even get any votes from the media actually uh, for that year. So I wonder, I feel like a lot of that year is just because, you know, Andre Guadala, you look at what he's accomplished outside of, um, you know, like that finals MVP. I mean, other than the championships, I mean, he was a one-time all-star. We know he was really good in Philadelphia, but Never was probably the player that Steph Curry and LeBron were at their best. But I wonder if if LeBron won it on the losing team in 2015, I wonder if there would be people even making the argument for, like, Steph Curry if he deserved it. Because, like, you know what? LeBron did average, like, you know, 30-plus, like, almost a 30-point triple-double. And it's like he is LeBron and stuff like that. I, I wonder if just because it's Andre Iguodala – if maybe that's why more people and I guess that is kind of fair like when we were talking about you know the Cedric Maxwell one over Larry Bird um maybe same thing kind of there but I don't know I feel like there there can be like some biases uh that are definitely present like when looking at that definitely some bias man definitely some bias man (laughs) uh but yeah I mean 
I thought this was fun. I thought this was a good video uh, to do. I'm glad that you were able to join me today uh, to do this because I know we've been talking about it for a while. Um, be sure to you know subscribe if you guys enjoyed more content like this. Also, go subscribe to my man Clutch Talk over there. Uh, we're going to be doing a collab very soon, so you got to stay tuned for that one. Uh, but, yeah, you got any uh, final thoughts? No, nah, man, just appreciate you, you know, having me on here, man. Uh, I, every time, hey, anytime I can come on, talk to, talk to my, guy, my guy Gary about some hoops, I'm always down, man. So you just let me know. And like how you said, man, yeah, I would just appreciate it if everybody could go check out the Clutch Talk podcast. Uh, we're also on YouTube. Uh, so just, just just look up Clutch Talk uh, for, for Instagram, uh, TikTok, Twitter. Um, just look up Clutch Talk Pod. So just Clutch Talk Pod. Um, I appreciate it, man. We we are constantly dropping videos during this offseason. We're doing interviews with, with NBA players, Division One players, G-Leaguers, all that, man. And during the season, kind of constant quality content, man. But, Garrett, I appreciate you having me on, my brother. Of course, anytime. And you guys are going to want to uh, check that out for sure. I'll have his stuff in the description below uh, so you guys won't forget either. But, yeah, I think that's going to do it. Hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you guys for watching. And we're out. Peace. Peace.